Are you sick of hearing you don't have enough experience to get work? Visit iPath.com to get the first part of our auto damage certification for free. Hello and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast by IAPath. My name is Chris Stanley, and we're here to help you figure out how to get work in this industry and ultimately how to claim your life. Hey, IAs. Today, I want to talk to you about what I've learned in the past 12 years of being an IA. I woke up this morning and LinkedIn and people are uh, saying, congratulations, you've uh, got a 12-year work anniversary. And so I look and uh, it's saying that, hey, 12 years ago is when you started uh, being an IA. And it's actually what when I started training with my father-in-law uh, to become, you know, an independent auto damage appraiser and eventually an independent adjuster. And uh, it's crazy that it's been 12 years. So I decided to write out 12 things to represent the 12 years that I've learned over the time that have really stuck with me. And I'd like to share with you those things today. So here's the question. How do independent adjusters and appraisers like us, who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes, and profits, who are spending our own money and reputation. How do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments, and more income without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while we stand out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. Hey, IAs, and welcome back to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Stanley. Um, and this podcast is brought to you by IAPath. And at IAPath, what we do is pretty straightforward. Uh, for new IAs who are trying to get started, we get the experience requirements that they're presented with waived by over 20 companies. Many companies require two to five years of experience uh, to be able to even get started working. But with our 90-day online virtual mentorship programs, we just get that waived with companies we partner with. So if you're interested, head over to ipath.com now as i mentioned in the opener hit a 12-year work anniversary doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot except for what you take away from it right it's it's been a crazy journey across uh 12 years riddled with more mistakes uh than successes i have to say um but being in it for 12 years you do learn some things so i've got a list of 12 things and this may go more than one episode if i just get on uh, talking too much about each point, but I wanted to give you 12 big takeaways for representing each year that I've been doing this with the last one kind of and it's a question mark of what's this year going to bring. Um, and, and I hope that this doesn't come across at all as hey, look at what I've done at all or hey, look, I'm so good. I've been in it 12 years. No, you know, because really ultimately each one of these learning points, as you'll hear, a lot of them just, just come from failure. 
And so the more you fail, the more you learn and the more you're able to stay in the game of independent adjusting or appraising or just stay at, at uh, pursuing any one type of uh, career, you're going to learn a lot of things from it. And they're not all necessarily things you might be thinking of. So I'm really excited to share this with you. And I hope you guys hear my heart in this. Uh, so first things first, the, the, the biggest point uh, that I learned in my first year of being an IA um, my father-in-law hammered it into me, and I still talk about it a lot on this podcast. So if you've been listening, you probably know what I'm going to say. But you have to fake it until you make it. Um, biggest point ever right there. Um, and what that really means is that even when you don't feel confident, if you have the foundational knowledge to do the job, it's okay if you don't know some things. That is okay. Ultimately, we all don't know everything. I still learn things every single day. And so you're not going to know what to do 100% of the time. And you're no matter who you are, you can't know 100% of everything. And so you can't know 100% of everything 100% of the time. So when you don't know what to do, you're just going to have to fake knowing what to do and kind of walking through that situation being honest and humble about that to be able to ask questions of somebody to be able to just work through the problem best that you can um, to be able to complete the job because otherwise you'll never get anything done because you're not going to feel confident if you don't feel confident you kind of got to fake that confidence and walk through it you got to ask questions um, to make sure you make the right decision. But ultimately, you just got to get used to being a little bit uncomfortable and kind of faking that confidence. I don't want you faking how to do the job. Let's be clear about that. But being able to fake that confidence and being able to walk even when you feel like you might not know what to do is super critical. So in my first year of being an IA, that was absolutely the biggest lesson I had to take away is because uh, when I don't feel confident, I feel a little grumpy. Uh, and when I don't feel confident and I don't and I wonder if I'm going to look like an idiot, I get a little grumpy. So being able to fake my day almost and just be able to walk through um, in this situation of I'm not totally sure what to do, but I think I know what to do. Walk that out. You're going to have to walk it out best you can. Ask questions in the IAPATH community if you're in there. Ask questions of your mentor. Um, you know, And really dive in to that feeling of uh, insecurity because that means you're learning. And if you're not learning, um, you, you're, not, you're not in the right headspace because you should be learning all the time. So my first year, fake it until you make it. Uh, the second year... Um, one of the big things that I found is as an independent auto damage appraiser, especially, and if you hear Matt Allen on Adjuster TV, talks a lot about this, which is volume matters. This is a volume game. If you want to make a solid career out of being an IA, you're going to have to learn to produce. You're going to have to learn to create volume. And so my second year was everything became about volume. How do I get more volume to be able to make my income, to be able to quit my job, which I was able to do uh, at a warehouse. And how do I get more claims? And, you know, that's, that's how you scale your income a lot is with volume. And so that year was all about expanding my territory, giving free miles, doing things that I would not recommend everyone do. Um, 
just so I could get more claims, so I could keep the volume coming in. So every day I had work to do. And boy, by the end of that two years, did I. Um, and it was it was a big task to handle. I, my coverage area was about three hours um, over to, from Fayetteville, North Carolina to Charlotte. Um, about two and a half, three hours up to Hickory, all the way over to Raleigh, down to Fayetteville, and back again. That square was massive. And <clears throat> I don't recommend that everybody do something that big, but that helped get me the volume. And I did all that without any mileage, no paid mileage whatsoever. I, in my whole career, I did not get paid mileage very much because I really didn't play the game that way. I played uh, for free, you know, I'll do it for free uh, based on the base salary because I'm already going to be there. I just want volume. And it worked out for me, but for most of you, I really recommend a different lesson altogether, which is to work uh, at least some mileage in. Uh, that way you can have a better income. But it helped me be able to make it to where I wanted to make it. Um, by getting volume. So volume matters in this game. It's not all about the base fee or even whether you have mileage or not. It's not all about that dollar amount because it doesn't matter how much you're getting paid per claim. If you only get one claim a day, you're probably not going to make a good living. So volume mattered to me massively. So that was my year number two was volume matters. Number, uh, what I learned the third year. Um, and now... This is controversial to some people, uh, whether you should do this or not, or whether it's beneficial or not. But for me, it made a whole lot of sense. So if you kind of think of where I'm coming from, I'm going from a lack of confidence to like, okay, I, I think I do know how to do this job. I can do this job. Now I need to ramp up my volume in year two to year three. I learned, man, I need to write my estimates on site. I need to write on site. Um, and it, because it makes you faster. So all that volume I had, it makes you faster if you get it right. And being able to get it right was way easier if I was writing on site. Also, when I got home, uh, a lot of my claims were already done. So I was actually able to maintain the volume. Whereas if I wasn't writing on site, it was super painful to come home and write eight, 10 estimates at night after I'm already exhausted. That was really hard. And so learning to write on site was a big deal for me. And it was hard. I'm, I know you're probably sitting there thinking, Chris, there's no way I'm going to learn how to write on site. That's just crazy. I, I don't have the time. It takes too long. I'm nervous in front of the insured. I'm telling you, you want to get faster. You want to have more of a life. You learn to write on site. Um, you're going to write such a better estimate. And you're going to be able to dump that claim off in your head and just walk away clean. But that was year three. I learned how to write on site and that it actually made me faster to get it right the first time. Um, number uh, year four. Kind of what I learned in year four was I need to have claim buckets. I believe this was the year. And these are just roughly associated with the lessons that I remember learning. Uh, it might not be exactly the time frame, but roughly in year four, um, I learned I needed to have claim buckets because of the big tornado I experienced. And what happened was I had all this volume, right? I'm learning to write on site. It's fantastic. And then uh, kind of got my groove. And then a tornado hits our hometown of Fayetteville, North Carolina. And two miles away from our home, uh, a tornado just destroyed so many people's houses and cars and threw hail everywhere uh, on a military base. And one of the companies I just signed on with uh, worked USAA claims. 
And so USAA is the you know a insurer that only insures military people. So there was tons of claims. Over 100 claims were dumped in my inbox overnight, and I was overwhelmed, and I had no understanding of how to do it. I tried to do the best I could do, but with my huge coverage area, I had to shrink it down really fast, burned a lot of bridges, as you'll hear me talk about in other places, and I had to figure out how am I going to make this work? And so having to create claim buckets, like, okay, this side of the city or, you know, south of Fayetteville, I want to do on Tuesdays and Thursdays and, you know, north of Fayetteville, I'm going to do Mondays and Wednesdays, you know, and um, I'll touch Fayetteville every single day or whatever the case is um, for you in your coverage area to have claim buckets and then have that kind of mapped out that I knew where I was going to go a lot of days before I ever scheduled all the claims. So I would just kind of map it out and know, okay, Wednesday I'm going north of Fayetteville. Let me call all the north of Fayetteville and tell them I can come on Wednesday. Learning to do that massively changed the way I looked at scheduling. And I recommend you do that from the very beginning. Is that you have a calendar, you map it out. You say, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to be these places, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm going to be here, and do it for two weeks. And then when you call and schedule with owners, you have your buckets to schedule them in. And at first, it's going to feel like this is a really bad idea, my cycle time is going to get bad. But if you've got volume, it's going to help you because, yeah, one claim might be a day longer, but the one you just got in last night, you're going to get it the next day, and it all kind of balances out your average cycle time. But scheduling and being on top of your scheduling is so <clears throat> important. So learn to have claim buckets. That's what I learned in year four. Year five. Um, so that same company that had all the hail claims, they had some rough spots. Um, and I ended up working for their catastrophic company and things. And they were a great company, great people. But ultimately at the end... Um, the bills weren't getting paid for whatever reason. Lots of debate as to why. They were a big vendor for people. And they collapsed and the owner took the last bit of money and left instead of paying the people, the subcontractors, uh, their money. And so the lesson I had to learn and I'd like you to learn right now is that, hey, not everyone pays. When you're a contractor, especially, it's very likely that at some point in time you're not going to get paid your money. And there's ways that you can see that coming when people start stalling when you're getting paid. They start delaying your pay periods. Um, and they start kind of shifting around and kind of not telling you straight up when you're going to get paid. They're probably in a bad financial spot. It's not that they're evil. It's not that they you know, are a bad person. But they're probably financially hurting. Even as a company or as an individual. I've had big and small companies not pay. So not everyone pays okay that was year five big or small anyone can fall i promise you it will happen so just understand that and don't hold the grudge just kind of let it go it's all you can do um, a lot of money was lost to a lot of people and you know it really hurt i'm talking people weren't paid twenty thousand dollars they were some pdr technicians weren't paid sixty thousand dollars i mean people were not paid a lot of money I was fortunate in how little it affected me, um, but not everyone pays. And that was the big lesson for me. Um, so year six, and then we'll wrap up this episode and, and we'll do a part two because we're already getting kind of long. So year six, 
after that debacle of people not getting paid, of working for a company who paid pretty good, and they, and they were really generous with what they paid, um, I ended up with $200 on my bank account with a newborn. Literally the day my second son was born um, is when we found out the company collapsed and they didn't put a paycheck in the bank account that day that he was born. We were supposed to get paid um, and we didn't. And I called and no one was answering and the phones were being answered. Finally got a hold of the number two in the company. He was the only person who left the phone on and answered and said, listen, this is what happened. And um, I'm really sorry. And this is not what I want to be telling you right now, but I feel like you deserve to know. And so after that, we had to go, okay, we got $200 in the bank account with a newborn. We have no business at this point. We were working cat. And that was what we were set up to do. And we didn't have a place to veer to right away. So we said, okay, with $200, what can we do to, <laughs> to try to get back on track financially? We're sunk right now. Like, what are we going to do? And we were able to work with SEA appraisals. Um, and SEA appraisals at the time had a program where you could get your audit text through them. And they would like kind of take it out of your pay and different things. Um, they and they worked with me to not even charge me the first month so i could kind of get on board because they needed somebody in the area um and even though they're the one of the lower paying firms and a lot of people complain about that at the end of the day that cheapest firm as you might call them they really saved the day for us and they had volume in my area and when i told them hey I, I literally have no more money. I can't even drive to my next appointment. Um, you need to turn me off. I'll handle what I got, but turn me off. And when I get paid from you guys or or make some other money on a side job, I'll call you back and turn myself back on. And they put up with that for like two months. And I worked through it. And I worked through it. And it was embarrassing and humiliating and such an amazing um time that i feel like for me and my family i god came in and and rescued us from the craziest circumstances and brought us through in some phenomenal ways um and he kind of rescued us through this firm who most people would have said don't work for them they they don't pay enough money but for us they actually ended up paying really good in a lot of cases because they paid automatic mileage so before we weren't used to getting paid mileage and all of a sudden we're getting paid mileage for these claims and there was times where i was making 90 110 dollars a file and i'd have three files in an area or six files in an area and i'd have a banner day um, because i'm driving real far getting a bunch of claims uh, farther away and so while you're going through your career, I'm six years in at this point. This isn't like I'm just beginning. I'm working with a firm some people um, choose not to work with because they pay less. But I made more money in that amount of time working for them. Um, and that helped me get back on my feet. They worked with me better than any other company at that time. Um, and the provision was there. Don't be too good. And this is for me too. You know, Don't be too good. Uh, to accept money from where God's providing from, where your doors of opportunity are opening from. Because the, you know, the cheapest may be the cheapest, but that doesn't mean it's the worst. It actually might save the day. So be open to opportunities. Be open for working for people. And after not getting paid by somebody who paid really good, the getting paid consistently and on time was welcome 
Um, and so year six, uh, cheapest firm saves the day. So here's the six lessons for the first six years, and we'll continue in the next episode. But the first lesson was you got to fake it till you make it. Uh, year two, volume matters. Year three, right on site. Makes it faster if you get it right. Number four, have claim buckets. I call it the four S's to stress-free scheduling. You can check it out on Adjuster TV. I talk all about it. Number five, not everyone pays. And then number six, the cheapest firm saves the day. So I hope you guys get something out of this, um, even if it's just to kind of see the the hear the horror story of being an IA, the ups and the downs. Um, and if you're interested in becoming an independent auto damage appraiser or independent adjuster as a part of a diversified IA career, head over to iapath.com and click the how to find work button. We've got a free video course we want to send you uh, that'll walk you through exactly how to get started, how this industry works, and give you a step-by-step plan and roadmap of how you can get started and how, ultimately, you can get work. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Look forward to talking uh, with you next week. And until then, keep walking your path and claiming your life. Are you dreaming of a career in auto damage, but find yourself not meeting the experience requirements? You can try the first part of our seven part auto damage certification for free. This allows you to dive deep into auto damage training with no strings attached. And if you love it, you can continue on and purchase the full program. With this certification, you gain not just in-depth knowledge and skills, but also an all-access pass to our exclusive community, a full year of mentorship, and yes, get the two to five year experience requirement waived with over 40 firms. Your future in auto damage begins today. Visit iPath.com to start your free trial and discover where iPath can take you. iPath. Claim your life.